This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we will be reading from verse number 48. Verse number 48 of Surah Al-Ankabut, which is Surah 29, page number 536 of the Noble Quran that we're using. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما كنت تتلو من قبله من كتاب ولا تخطه بيمينك إذا لارتاب المبطلون بل هو آيات بينات في صدور الذين أوتوا العلم وما يجحد بآياتنا إلا الظالمون وقالوا لولا أنزل عليه آيات من ربه قل إنما الآيات عند الله وإنما أنا نذير مبين أولم يكفهم أنا أنزلنا عليك الكتاب يتلى عليهم إن في ذلك لرحمة وذكرى لقوم يؤمنون قل كفى بالله بيني وبينكم شهيدا يعلم ما في السماوات والأرض والذين آمنوا بالباطل وكفروا بالله أولئك هم الخاسرون ويستعجلونك بالعذاب ولولا أجل مسمى لجاءهم العذاب ولا يأتينهم بغتة وليأتينهم بغتة وهم لا يشعرون يستعجلونك بالعذاب وإن جهنم لمحيطة بالكافرين يوم يغشاهم العذاب من فوقهم ومن تحت أرجلهم ويقول ذوقوا ما كنتم تعملون يا عبادي الذين آمنوا إن أرضي واسعة فإياي فاعبدون كل نفس ذائقة الموت ثم إلينا ترجعون والذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات لنبوئنهم من الجنة غرفا تجري من تحتها الأنهار خالدين فيها نعم أجر العاملين الذين صبروا على ربهم يتوكلون وكأي من دابة لا تحمل رزقها الله يرزقها وإياكم وهو السميع العليم 
ولئن سألتهم من خلق السماوات والأرض وسخر الشمس والقمر ليقولن الله فأنا يؤفكون الله يبسط الرزق لمن يشاء من عباده ويقدر له إن الله بكل شيء عليم ولئن سألتهم من نزل من السماء ماء فأحيا به الأرض من بعد موتها ليقولن الله قل الحمد لله بل أكثرهم لا يعقلون وما هذه الحياة الدنيا إلا لهو ولعب وإن الدار الآخرة لهي الحيوان لو كانوا يعلمون فإذا ركبوا في الفلك دعوا الله مخلصين له الدين فلما نجاهم إلى البر فلما نجاهم إلى البر إذا هم يشركون ليكفروا بما آتيناهم وليتمتعوا فسوف يعلمون أولم يروا أنا جعلنا حرما آمنا ويتخطف الناس من حولهم أفبالباطل يؤمنون وبنعمة الله يكفرون ومن أظلم ممن افترى على الله كذبا أو كذب بالحق لما جاءه أليس في جهنم مثوى للكافرين والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبلنا وإن الله لمع المحسنين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عباده الذين اصطفى وبعد My dear sisters We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for being here And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us We have now arrived mashallah Uh at the 21st part of the Qur'an, and we've been going on for many years, as you know. We thank Allah for giving us this opportunity on a weekly basis to go through the verses of the Qur'an. We started off with verse number 48, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of something very powerful, and that is the point that was raised by the mushrikeen, wherein they began to say that this messenger or this prophet, the so-called prophet, na'udhu billah, is the one who has read the previous scriptures and he has written down things and so on. So Allah is clarifying that, saying that you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa were unable to recite or read from a book, nor were you able to write with your right hand. If you were able to write or if you were able to read, then their doubts perhaps would be able to be justified. 
But in this particular instance, their doubts are not justified at all. Their claims and their accusations are not justified at all. Their claim that you have read it or you are uh, a person who's writing and so on is absolutely unacceptable because you have been kept unlettered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a gift. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us uh, purity and goodness and at the same time with us who can read or write, we need to understand the first things that we should be reading and writing the Qur'an. Many of us might have made mistakes when we were younger, perhaps because of the mistakes of our own parents, but at the same time we can always mend that. Uh, it is our duty as parents, as soon as your child opens his or her mouth, to teach him or her words related to the Maker, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and words related to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the supplications, the du'as, and so on. And as soon as they can read, the first thing that they should be made to read, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the gift. With us, we've made mistakes in the past, and perhaps we ourselves, our parents may have made mistakes, but it's never too late to rectify that. We need to know the honor of being able to read and write should commence with the reading and recitation of the Qur'an, the word of Allah. That is when you will have done true justice to the issue of literacy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us literate. He who does not know revelation is illiterate, no matter how many degrees and PhDs he holds. Allahu Akbar. May Allah bless us all and may he educate us in the true sense. And he who has knowledge of the revelation, no matter how little or even if he has no PhD or no qualification in terms of a degree, he is the most highly educated individual found. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Look at Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa no PhD, no doctorate, no nothing, but he was given nubuwa by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What an honor. He was given the word of Allah. So any one of us who learns that word of Allah, we will be having the honor of being those who are knowledgeable. And this is why Allah says immediately in the next verse, that these verses, these signs that Allah has given, and the verses Allah has sent down, they are indeed manifest and clear proofs and evidences in the hearts of those who have been given knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the revelation. None will deny the verses of ours or nobody will deny the statements of ours or the signs of ours besides those who are wrongdoers. May Allah protect us. Then Allah says, وَقَالُوا They said, who are they? The polytheists. لَوْلَا أُنزِلَ عَلَيْهِ آيَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِ Why are signs not coming down to him from our Lord? Now what signs are being spoken about? The signs that they were asking. They asked for several signs. As you know, they asked for this to happen. They asked for the moon to be split. The day the moon actually was split, then they denied it. They said, no, this is magic. So they asked for a sign, then they deny. So Allah says, they have been asking, why don't certain signs come down to him from his Lord in order to prove that he's a messenger? So Allah says, tell them the signs are from Allah. Qul Allah. These signs, they come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I am just a warner. The signs are not from me. They come from Allah. I am a clear, plain warner to you, telling you, use your common sense and understand that you need to worship your maker alone. Stop worshipping sticks and stones and idols and stop insulting your maker by worshipping those besides him. So Allah says, 
after that, a powerful verse for me and you and for everyone. Allah says, أَوَلَمْ يَكْفِهِمْ Was it not enough for them أَنَّا أَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابِ That we have revealed to you the book, يُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ Which is being recited to them. Is that not enough for them? Is it not enough for them to take heed that a book has been revealed to you from us and it's being recited to them? This is something important. So why we are supposed to look at this is because if Allah's verses are recited to us and that does not motivate us to change, then nothing will motivate us to change. No matter how many signs you have asked for, when they come, if the word of Allah cannot change you, those signs cannot change you. Because the biggest sign is the word of Allah. Some people misinterpret this verse and they say it means that it is enough for the people that the Qur'an we have revealed to you is being recited to them. And that means we don't believe in the sunnah, we only adopt the Qur'an. Those are Qur'aniyun. They have fought the sunnah of Muhammad ﷺ and they have removed themselves from being known as Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. From being known as the people of the sunnah and the group of the companions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to follow Muhammad ﷺ and the group of the companions. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who are steadfast. So this verse does not mean that you only should follow the Qur'an. No, this verse means that is it not enough for them to take heed the fact that we have revealed the Qur'an to you and it is recited to them. So what this means is, is it not enough for them to change their lives, to turn to the deen that we have sent to you our words? Allahu Akbar. The lesson is for all of us. When Allah's words are recited, we should be trembling. Wallahi, we should be shivering and it should wake us up. So then Allah says, Inna fi Indeed in that there is mercy. Indeed in this revelation there is mercy. There is an admonition as well. Wa But for whom? For those who believe. If you believe in the word of Allah, it will act as a mercy for you and an admonition. Which means it will remind you what is right and wrong. It will warn you regarding the punishment. And at the same time, it will give you good news. And this is why Allah says, in the book there is mercy and there is admonition. But you won't be able to pick it up unless you believe. When you believe, you will pick it up. If you look at the word with a prejudiced eye, Without belief, you will never be able to take heed from that word. This is why there are so many people across the globe who've read the Quran so many times. They even tell you it's a powerful book, but they do not believe. This is why they do not take heed. And this is why the admonition does not serve for them. So this would also mean if the admonition does not serve for us, there is something wrong with our iman. If people recite the Quran to you and you still think you have a choice regarding the laws of Allah, then there is something wrong with your iman. You need to make uh, sure that you develop it to the degree that whatever Allah says, we surrender to it. That is when we will be known as Muslimin because Islam and Istislam uh, are the same thing. They mean to surrender to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah says, Qul, tell them, Kafa billahi bayni wa baynakum shahidan. Allah is sufficient as a witness between me and you. Allah is sufficient as a judge between me and you, as a witness between me and you. He is the one, Ya'lamu ma fi samawati wal ard. He knows what is in the skies and on earth. Who are the losers? The losers are the ones who believed in the falsehood and disbelieved in Allah. They are the ones who will lose. So Allah is saying the message is loud and clear. Whoever disbelieves 
in Allah and believes in falsehood, they are the ones who will lose, not me. I am a warner, plain warner, and not those who believe, because those who believe the Quran and the recitation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's word is a means of their mercy, and it is an admonition for them, because they believe. But the, the, those who disbelieve in the uh, words of Allah and in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they believe in batil, they are the ones who are the losers. Now from this we learn that there are two things required. Not only belief in Allah, but disbelief in taghut. Disbelief in, disbelief in that which is evil. Disbelief in shaitan. Disbelief in the bad ways. Disbelief in that which is evil. That is also a part and parcel of your iman. So your iman will be developed correctly when two things happen. Believe in Allah and disbelieve in everything besides Allah, which means disbelieve in the evil, the bad, shaitan and his ways and his paths. That is when we are true believers. Now, why is this? Remember it, because in a few moments we will be coming through the reasons why Allah has mentioned both these angles. Believe in Allah and disbelieve in that which is batil and astray. Those are two conditions. If you believe in Allah and you also believe in that which is astray, then you are a polytheist. You've engaged in shirk. We're going to come to that in a few moments. So Allah says, These fools, what are they doing? They are seeking haste regarding the punishment. They are telling you, give us the punishment now. If you are truthful, come and send the punishment. Let's see. You are promising us punishment from heaven. We want it to come now. Allah says, these are fools. How can they say we want the punishment now? Allah says, وَلَوْلَا أَجَلٌ مُسَمَّنْ لَجَاءَهُمُ الْعَذَابِ We, if it was not for the fixed time of the punishment to have come down, already the punishment would have overtaken them. My mothers and sisters never ask Allah for punishment. No. Say, Ya Allah, grant us mercy. Ya Allah, grant us mercy. These fools, what they did, instead of saying, if you are speaking the truth, then, then let gold descend from heaven. They said, if you are speaking the truth, then let rocks pour down on us in terms of punishment from the heaven. Foolish. We've spoken about this in the past. That how foolish these people are. Instead of saying, if you are truthful, then give us gold and silver. They said, if you are truthful, then let's see the punishment. So Allah says, well, we are going to give them a bit of time. We will give them respite. We know why we will give them a chance. Allah gives us all chances, my mothers and sisters. Allah gives us chances to turn to Him. Allah gives us chances to dress appropriately. Allah gives us chances to leave a shirk. Allah gives us chances to leave what is bid'ah and what is innovation. And thereafter, when the punishment comes, it overtakes us. Allah says, وَلَوْلَا أَجَلٌ مُسَمَّنْ لَجَاءَهُمُ الْعَذَابِ Had it not been for a fixed time and the appointment, then the punishment would have already come to them. We want to tell them, it will definitely come to them suddenly. Punishment overtakes people. What that means is, you know when you're driving the, the fastest Lamborghini at 260 kilometers an hour, on mashallah, on a broad N1 just outside Port Elizabeth, what happens? After a few moments you see a Porsche flying past at 360 kilometers. That was shocking. You expected, you thought you're the fastest person, you're moving. But you got overtaken suddenly. And you looked and you had to acknowledge that, wow, something has happened that I did not expect. Subhanallah. That is a small silly example of the dunya. That is a small example of the dunya. Subhanallah. We need to understand, as we are progressing in life, moving at 100 kilometers an hour, sinning against Allah, the punishment will overtake us at 200 kilometers an hour. Remember that. And when it comes, it comes suddenly. You were not expecting it because you were so engrossed and, in, and enticed by the dunya and this material world that you continued and you progressed in that evil and the filth. And you did not remember Allah 
And in that particular case, Allah says, we give you a chance, one chance, a reminder, two reminders, ten reminders. We get people to recite our verses to you and you, they do not miss your ears. Your reminders are from us. They come to you in the form of something you read, whether it's on the net or whether it's on, in a book or whatever it is on a parchment or a paper. They come to you in the form of what you hear, whether it is radio or CD or disc. They come to you in the form of what you see, no matter how you see it. We send you reminders and we send you people who will remind you. If you take heed, you will win. If you do not, we give you a chance. We give you another chance and a few chances. When your chances are depleted and your fixed time has come, then wala ya'tiyan. Indeed, the punishment comes to them suddenly. Whilst they are oblivious, they don't even notice, they don't feel. They don't even feel this punishment is coming. And it comes suddenly. So it's a wake-up call for all of us, my mothers and sisters. Allah gives you a chance and many, many chances. Do you read your salah? Do you fulfill Allah's obligations? Have you softened up? Have you turned away from sin? Have you given up your crimes for the sake of Allah? Have you fulfilled your obligations to Allah? If yes, alhamdulillah, you are moving in the right direction. If not, there is room to improve, but improve before a day that the punishment may overtake you. This is why we say, once you are getting closer to Allah, bit by bit, you move close to Allah. Your intention is to move faster and faster. Inshallah, you're heading in the right direction. But when you're moving further and further away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have none other than yourself to blame the day the punishment overtakes. Although He is most merciful, His mercy dictates not to punish you as soon as you sin, but to give you a chance to repent. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Have you thought of that? The mercy of Allah dictates... That he will not punish you as soon as you sin, but he gives you a chance to repent. And sometimes the chance is so long that he allows you to die and punishes you only thereafter. May Allah protect us, really. Because the best are those who repent before death. Once the death comes to you, in Allah ta'ala yakbilu tawbat al-abdi malam The hadith says, the Prophet says, Allah accepts tawbah and repentance from a slave for as long as they have not got to the point of the pangs of death where the soul is now almost removed from the entire body uh, at a position known as al-gharghara, which is where the soul has come almost to your neck and it's now coming out. So we need to repent before that. Then Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Look at how foolish these people are. They ask you to hasten on them the punishment. Do they realize that indeed hellfire is definitely going to encompass the disbelievers? Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our iman. May He protect our belief. May He make us from those who are not disbelievers. Then Allah says, This is a description of the punishment. Very scary. Allah says, On the day, when the punishment of hellfire shall cover them from above. Allahu Akbar. It will cover them from above them. And from underneath their feet. And it will be said to them, taste what you used to do. Allahu Akbar. Sins, my mothers and sisters, have a heat. The heat is such that you taste it in this world and then the next. And the heat of the life after death is far more severe and serious. This is why we say abstain from it. The biggest of crimes is to associate partners with Allah. May Allah protect us. So Allah says, do they realize 
that the punishment is definitely going to encompass the disbelievers. And on that day, the punishment will be on top of them. That means it's going to be so hot because when you are at the top of a flame, you are probably at the coldest point of that flame, although it will be very hot. But when you're inside it to the degree that it is above you, it means you are deep inside. And the red hot coals of the bottom will probably be under the feet. May Allah safeguard myself and yourselves. And may he have mercy on humanity at large. And may he grant hidayah to those who disbelieve. And may he grant guidance to the disbelievers. So Allah says, it will be told to them, taste what you used to do. This is the result of what you did. This is the recompense. You ordered your goods and now they've come to you. Allahu Akbar. How did you order your goods? You know, when you click on the internet, my mothers and sisters, you go to a page, say Macro, say Tesco, say Argos, depending on what you would know. Say, for example, anything else, you know, Stutterfords, whatever else. You go, you check for your bargain. What do you do? You click purchase, you add it into your cart, and then you press your card. Your name gets clicked, your number gets clicked. They take your money off and they send it to you by post. Next thing, a man knocks your door and he says, here's your goods. But when you click the wrong buttons on the internet, you go to a pornographic site. You go to a site of disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What happens? Your name gets registered, your number gets registered, and your order is made. And then what happens? When you die, Allah says, here's your goods. This is what you ordered. Here it is. What is it? It is punishment from the top and the bottom. From all the sides you are engulfed. So Allah says, but this is what you ordered. You placed an order. Where did you place it? On the internet. How? Here's your name. Here's your number. Here's how you used it. Now let's cancel our orders of evil. My mothers and sisters, we can cancel it immediately. By doing what? Press delete. Repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is something we need to learn. The same applies with our deeds. Allah says, we allowed you to click. We sent messages to you. Dress appropriately. You know, work on yourself. Develop your link with us. If you didn't do it, you've ordered some wrong goods. When the goods come, don't come and say that these are wrong goods. Allah says, but you ordered them. Here's the order number. You know, when I was in Malaysia recently, I was fascinated because I was sitting somewhere and we suddenly thought of having pizzas. And I clicked on, to the, on my phone, I clicked on Domino's. And they said, the nearest Domino's to you is this place, would you like to order? I said, yes. And we started ordering. And, and, and you don't even need to pay by card because they tell you cash on delivery. And I said, wow, we ordered whatever we ordered. Wallahi, within 13 minutes from the time I pressed enter, the man knocked the door of the apartment we were at and he, he came with his delivery. I looked at it and I said, if it was a thief, he would have said, I didn't order all this. Allahu Akbar. But at the same time, we paid him the money and mashallah, we took what we have to. What we had to. Don't worry, it was all halal. You must be thinking, asking yourself, wow, was that halal? But to be honest with you, alhamdulillah. Uh, the point being raised is, how life has become so easy. Click, 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 your order is made. Do you realize, you click, 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 there is another order that also is made. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. My mothers and sisters, think about it very deeply. It is a powerful example, but for those who take heed. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَوْمَ يَغْشَاهُمُ الْعَذَابُ مِنْ فَوْقِهِمْ Allahu Akbar, we should cry reading this. On the day when the torment of hellfire shall cover them from above them, and from underneath their feet, and it will be said to them, taste what you used to do. Allahu Akbar. Ya ibadiyalladheena amanu. Allah is now addressing His worshippers. He says, oh my slaves who believe, certainly my earth is very spacious. 
So worship me alone. My earth is very spacious. So worship me alone. If people are making your life tough that you cannot worship me alone, you depart, you go to another place. I have given you so much land. It is vast. You may travel on the land to a place where you will be able to worship me alone. You have no excuse to worship besides Allah or together with Allah. Then Allah says after that, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ Every single soul shall taste death. ثُمَّ إِلَيْنَا تُرْجَعُونَ And thereafter, to us shall be your return. Allahu Akbar. Thereafter, to us shall be your return. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا As for those who did good. Listen to how beautifully Allah explains this. Because it's not easy to be believing and do good deeds in a hostile environment. So Allah says, those who believe and do good deeds, what will we give them? لَنُبَوِّئَنَّهُمْ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ غُرَفًا We shall surely give them lofty dwellings in paradise. We will give them غُرَفًا I tweeted yesterday about the lounges, the access to lounges. Some of you may have seen it or may not have seen it. I said, that today when we have frequent flyer cards, we are excited about the miles we get and how we have access to lounges and we have easy check-in. Why? Because we are a frequent flyer. I'm sitting with a gold card. Allahu Akbar. So you, you go to the airport, you jump every queue. You look, they don't look at your weight. They just take your bags in, you check in quick, quick and you allowed access into a lounge. The lounge has in it all forms of ease and comfort and they upgrade you from economy to business and from business to first. Allahu Akbar. Why? Because you're a frequent flyer. But if you're a person who's a frequent prayer member and you pray often, you start clocking miles. When you clock miles, the day you die, your check-in will be very easy. Subhanallah. And what happens? Your check-in is easy. Your baggage as it is, you will be forgiven. Your salah and so on, your tawbah, what have you, these are miles. You don't allow those miles to be depleted by expiry because you've wronged someone else. So, amanu wa amilu salihat. Believe and do good deeds. Then you have not only access to the lounges, but Allah says, you will be given the dwellings. They belong to you. Here's the word, ghurafan. Ghuraf means the rooms, the lounges, the abodes, the dwellings. Allahu Akbar. Here we are. So Allah says, you believe and do good deeds on top of that. Not enough to just say, I'm a believer. But you believe and do good deeds. Then we grant them, we will surely give lofty dwellings in paradise, underneath which rivers will flow to live therein forever. Excellent is the reward for the workers. For who? Ni'ma ajrul amilin. Excellent is the reward for those who want to sweat in the pleasure of Allah. Those who want to work hard, al-amil means a worker. Ummal are those who work. Today when you say al-amil or ummal, they think immediately of a Bangladeshi or perhaps of an Indian who comes from the subcontinent working in the Middle East and they say this is ummal. You know, these people are just uh, laborers. Allah says, you want to be a laborer? Be a laborer of mine. When salah time comes, get up. Read your salah. Read your Quran. Understand the message. Dress appropriately in your uniform. Today we are ready to wear the uniform of our hospital where we work in. The school we go, the college we go to, the university, the workplace. We're ready to wear the uniform. But Allah says, I've given you an easy uniform. Very easy. Just cover X, Y and Z and you'll be dressed in the uniform. That is the uniform that will grant you entry into paradise. 
Imagine when a policeman wears a uniform, when he, if he does not have the uniform, they probably won't even grant him entry into the office. Or they will say, what, what, what's happening here? Where are your, you know, he won't have the power, the ability. The minute he has a uniform, there's a power. He enters the office. Your uniform and mine to enter paradise is to dress in a specific way. Once you've dressed in that way, inshallah, we will be recognized as people who are granted access into paradise, like we've said. Subhanallah, your uniform is correct. So remember, dress appropriately. Don't be deceived by this world. Look what Allah says thereafter. Allah says, الَّذِينَ sabaru wa ala rabbihim yatawakkalun. Who are the true believers who work hard? Who are the people who sweat? They are the ones who bear patience. Patience upon obedience. Patience when Allah has struck you with calamity and problems. Bear patience. Those who bear lots and lots of patience and they lay their trust in Allah, they are the ones whom Allah says we, are, we have prepared for them the, the dwellings of paradise in which they will dwell forever and ever beneath which are rivers flowing which are full of honey, rivers of milk, separate rivers of fruit juices and so on. Allahu Akbar. Allah says those are yours. Whose? If you have borne patience and if you are from amongst those who worked hard, and if you are from amongst those who laid your trust in Allah. So bear patience. My sisters, bear patience for the pleasure of Allah. And there is a lot waiting for you. Allah says, وَكَأَيِّمْ مِنْ دَابَّةٍ لَا تَحْمِلُ رِزْقَهَا So many of these moving creatures, they don't carry their own provisions. They don't have space on their bodies to carry their provisions. They don't. So who provides for them? Allah provides for them. Look at the bird. The bird leaves the nest in the morning. What does it know? It doesn't know anything. It just knows that I'm flying out and I'll look for something. It eats, it comes back with a full belly, and it even brings back some you know, food for its little, little ones, if it does have any. May Allah protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. Look at this. Allah is drawing our attention, saying, look at these animals. Who provides for them? They cannot even carry their own sustenance. Look at an ant. An ant cannot hold its own sustenance, but it travels all day and it eats and it finds its way and it comes back. Allahu Akbar. Why is man transgressing Allah's command? Because he wants to earn a little bit of food and drink and perhaps a bit of accommodation and clothing. Allah says, you don't need to sin to do that. I am the owner of it. I will give you in due measure whatever you deserve. Work hard and work honestly. Whatever comes as a result, inshallah, it will be from us. A provision for you in the dunya and preparation for the akhirah. So Allah says, Allahu yarzuquha wa iyyakum. Allah is the one who sustains them and even you. Allah will provide for you. Wahuwa sami'ul alim. He hears everything, he knows everything. Wala in saaltahum man khalaqa samawati wal arda. Wasakhara shamsa wal kamara la yakulun Allah. There are certain people who worship Allah and they worship together with Allah other things. So Allah says, and if you were to ask them, the mushriks, the people of Makkah, if you were to ask them, who has created the heavens and the earth and subjected the sun and the moon, they will indeed reply, Allah. So they believe in Allah. They do. But that's not enough. Together with Allah, they worship their idols and so on. This is why Allah says, فَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْبَاطِلِ وَكَفَرُوا بِاللَّهِ those who believe in the evil and they disbelieve in Allah are the ones who are the losers. What this means is 
in order to be from amongst those who are successful, you firstly believe in Allah and disbelieve in that which is evil. These people, if you were to ask them, who created the skies, who created the earth, they will tell you Allah. So Allah says, look at them, they are liars. Why are they liars? Because they worship with Allah others. How is it that they are deviating thereafter? Allahu Akbar. The same applies to us. Sometimes people ask you, who made you? Who is your Rabb? You say Allah, Allah. But then people worship sticks and stones and graves and saints. And they start saying, oh, these people will provide. They will cure. Allah gave them the power. That's exactly what the mushriks of Makkah did. They worshipped each other and they worshipped sticks and stones. And they said, oh, Allah invested in the stone the power to give us. The ability to give us. Shaitan has used the same plan over and over again. People are worshipping a grave and they say the person in this grave was given the power from Allah to, to, to come and cure us and to give us good luck and to save our children from bad luck. What nonsense is this? This is the same plan of the devil he is using from a long time ago. Don't you know? People like that have not read the Quran for themselves and they have been fooled. They don't understand the basic word of Allah. And Allah is saying, look at them, how they have been deviated. Allahu yabsutu rizqa. It is Allah alone who provides sustenance. Liman yasha'u wa yaqdir. He provides, he, Allah opens the doors of sustenance for whomsoever He wishes and He holds back from whomsoever He wishes. So you work hard. It is known as al-akhdu bil-asbab. Try your best to achieve what you would like to achieve. Try your best. Work hard within the limits of Allah. Thereafter, leave it in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He opens the doors for some and he holds back from some. Allahu Akbar. Inna Allah bikulli shay'in alim. Indeed, Allah is all-knowing of everything. He knows absolutely everything. He knows more than me and you. If He did not give you something, He knows why. If He gave it to you, He knows why. If He made it difficult for you, He knows why. If He made it easy for you, He knows why. All of it is a test from Allah. Everything that happens to you in your life, my sisters, is a test from Allah. Don't lose focus. You got something, it's a test. You don't have something, it's a test. You're going through a problem, it's a test. You're going through a period of ease, it's a test. You suffer loss, it's a test. You have a prophet, it's a test. Someone dies in your family, it's a test. Someone is born in your family, it's a test. Everything is a test from Allah. Don't lose focus. This is why Allah says thereafter, وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ نَزَّلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً When you ask them, who sends down water or rain from the skies? So who is the one who gives the life to the earth after it was dead? They will say, definitely Allah. Tell them, all praise and thanks is due to Allah alone. No, Allah says, most of them have no sense, no brains. Why? They don't use them. No sense, senseless. They don't think for a moment. That Allah provides, Allah sends down rain, Allah, and these people you are worshipping, these sticks and stones you are worshipping, and these little uh, issues that you are engaged in that are in total contradiction of Allah's uh, command and instruction, that cannot help you. It is Allah who owns it, He made you. So how can you disobey Him and still expect to have goodness? وَمَا هَذِهِ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا لَهُوَنْ وَلَعِبٌ and indeed, this life of the world is, is only but an amusement and a play. 
It's amusement. What are you doing here? You have mobile phones, you have cell phones, you have this, you have cars, you have nice clothes, you have beautiful perfumes, you have uh, nice shoes and good accessories, you've got head and shoulders shampoo, your hair looks nice, everything is tops, you have, for example, good makeup, the mirrors are now amazing, also they make you look better than you actually are, Allahu Akbar. You have the beauty cameras that can actually take snaps of you that make you look nice and you can remove the zits from your face just by pressing enter on your phone. Allahu Akbar. What else happens? You can name it. You have ice creams and food. Nando's is halal. Subhanallah. What else do you want? But the source, they've now discovered something else. And then all the food and the grill and the steaks and the kebabs and what else? Allahu Akbar. And then you got a cook to cook it for you so you sit back and relax. And you got someone to make your beds and everything, so you like a queen. Allahu Akbar. Everything is done, set. Allah says, that's just an amusement. It's a play. It's a pastime. Your iPhone, waste of time. Your Android device, waste of time. Unless you use it in the pleasure of Allah. Subhanallah. I got such a jolt recently when I read about how iPhone... Really, they pry into your complete life, knowing fully everything about you. They can take pictures of you whilst you're actually just looking at your phone without you knowing. They know where you are, who you are, what's happening, everything. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. There's a link I saw on the internet that was shocking about how absolutely everything about us can be known just by... You connecting on the internet through your phone. Finished. Where you are, who you are, photos of you, what you do. Full copy of everything you've ever done on your phone. Your devices, your emails, everything. Complete copy. Who, where, when, why, how, your plans and everything else. Completely registered. By who? Someone somewhere down the globe. And today we think that Allah doesn't register what we are doing and what's happening to us. May Allah safeguard us, really. So Allah says, read this verse, verse number 64. It's, it's very shocking, you know. It's very, it's a wake-up call. Allah says, مَا هَذِهِ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا This life of this world is only but an amusement and a play. You understand that? Allah says, وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ Verily the home of the hereafter is indeed the life. That is the life. That is the everlasting life. Al-Hayawan. That which is complete eternal life. That is what it is. This is such a deception. How old are you? Answer yourself in your mind. Now tell yourself, where will I be 50 years from today? In your grave. Over. In your grave. If you're lucky, you'll be at Warren Hills or maybe in Makkah or Medina. And if, you're, if, if it's otherwise, yesterday I heard of a brother, may Allah grant him Jannah. He drowned from Polokwani. They went boating, him and his children, the boat capsized, the child had a life vest, he was saved, the father did not have a life vest in his early or mid-thirties, and he drowned. They still have not found the body, may Allah make it easy for them to find the body. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. What a joke. We went fishing, we went boating, we went to enjoy ourselves, and such a happy moment turned out into a disaster. Well, we call it a disaster. It is an excuse for Allah to take you away. That's all it is. May Allah grant him Jannah and grant all of us Jannah. And may he make it easy for our families to accept our death. 
the day they get news of our death or we get news of theirs because this life is an amusement and a play and we are definitely ending in death. Nobody who has lived in the past has lived forever and nobody who will live in the future shall live forever. Isa alayhi salam, Jesus may peace be upon him, one exception, he has lived for very long, he will also taste death when he comes back. He is alive, taken up to heaven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is why Allah says, لَوْ كَانُوا If only they know. If only they knew that this life is such a waste of time, they would engage it in worshipping Allah. They would engage it in preparing for the next. But Allah says, we've given them so many years, and during those years they forget. They begin to think this is the place we're going to live in. Allahu Akbar. Like a person, <laughs> you know, a typical example. You travel, mashallah, you go to on holiday, say for example, uh... You know, I like to say Hawaii and Honolulu. I haven't been there yet, so perhaps we can use that example. And you know what? You check into a nice five-star hotel and you begin to stay. Now, if you unpack all your stuff and put it into the cupboards, knowing that I'm only here for three days, you're a fool. Live out of your bag is better. Why? Because when you go to come packing everything again, you're going to feel depressed. Your husband's money is finished. You can't stay there forever. Allahu Akbar. You can't stay there. They're paying a thousand dollars a night. He's only come with thirty thousand. You can only stay for so many days. Thirty thousand is a big amount. Obviously, I just said it to show you that even that we cannot afford. May Allah protect us. So we live in this life unpacking our bags and everything, not knowing you're only here for six days, few days. And then you're going, keep your bag, live out of your bag, it's better for you better for you. Obviously, this is a totally different example, but the only thing I'm trying to draw, draw your, your and my attention to is how short life is. Because I have seen old people who are on wheelchairs today. Their backs are bent and broken, and sometimes they cannot even move. And yet, a few years ago, they were top sportsmen. They were really, really top sportsmen. And they were powerful people who had a lot to say. We hope they use their mouths in the right direction. May Allah protect us. So Allah says thereafter, When they embark on a ship, they invoke Allah making their faith pure for him and call on him alone to protect them. But when he brings them safely to the land, behold, they give a share of their worship to the others. This happens to a lot of people. So Allah is saying, the mushriks of Makkah, they also believed in Allah, but when it suited them, and when it, when it suited them to worship besides Allah, they worshiped besides Allah. So when they were in the ocean and the waves came rocking the boat and the boat went from left to right and right to left and they knocked from this side to that side, they called out to Allah alone. With pure faith for Him alone. And as soon as they got to the ocean, uh, to the coast of that ocean, they immediately began to associate partners with Allah. Wallahi, it happens to us. My mothers and sisters, when you are driving with your husband, maniac driver, who's probably moving at 160, 180, 200 kilometers, and you're telling him, slow down, slow down. What do you do? Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah. Why? You read it clearly, because you say, this man's a maniac. May Allah protect us, don't worry. Sometimes he might be a safe driver. Speed doesn't always mean that he's a maniac, but it could. May Allah protect us. When you're on a plane, and now in this type of a season, ask me because we've traveled in all seasons. Rainy season, normally what happens in the rainy season? It's raining across the globe. So you have the clouds, you have the cumulonimbus cloud. Oh, 
And then you go into it and you go around it and you go into the little other clouds and then the plane goes up and down and you who's not a frequent flyer don't even know that that's quite normal. Allahu Akbar. Then you hold your seat. That's stage number one. You hold your seat and then you release it after a while. After that you hold it again tighter. Stage number two. Then after that you say Allah, Allahu Akbar. Stage number three. After that, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah. After that, Astaghfirullah, Ya Allah, forgive me for all my sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, look after my children, my family. Now that's stage number four. Allahu Akbar. Why? Because now you realize, man, you are suspended in the air. Who do you call out to? Allah alone. Allahu Akbar. The minute the plane lands, even while it's landing, you're worried about tire bursts, you're worried about this, you're worried about that, you're worried about runway, will we stop, will there be this? So you're still making dua, Ya Allah, look after my children. Ya Allah, my slate is clean with you. The minute you land, you rush out in the airport, the first person you hug sometimes is a non-mahram. Wallahi, it happens. I've, people come back from hajj and the first person they hug is a non-mahram. I don't know where the logic is and what happened, but somehow things, shaitan just creeps up, makes us forget. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really open our doors. We cannot keep on playing this type of game with Allah, thinking that He is just you know, an ordinary guy who we need to please. He is not that. A'udhu billah. He is Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. That's who He is. May Allah forgive us and grant us steadfastness. So Allah says, لِيَكْفُرُوا بِمَا آتَيْنَاهُمْ So they have become ingrate for that which we have given them. They have become ungrateful for that which we have given them. And they take their enjoyment as a warning and a threat. But they, but they will soon come to know. They know that Allah is warning us. They know that. But they keep on enjoying thereafter when they come onto the show. They are okay. They keep on enjoying and they keep on doing their own thing. Allah says, soon they will come to know what they used to do. Awalam yaraw. Now Allah is speaking to the people of Makkah. And Allah says, Have they not seen that we have made Makkah such a secure city, such a secure sanctuary, whilst the men are being snatched away all around them? Every city around Makkah was unsafe, insecure. Makkah, we made it so secure. Haven't they seen this gift of ours that we have protected Makkah? Allah says, Then do they still believe in Batil? Are they still believing in the evil? Are they still believing in falsehood and the other idols and the deities? And are they still believing in that which is besides Allah? And they are denying or they are ungrateful for the graces of Allah, what Allah has bestowed them with. My sisters, the lesson is for us also. Allah gives us so many good things. We've got children, gorgeous kids, mashallah, who are alhamdulillah quite normal. And alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us with so much. And Allah has blessed us sometimes, maybe He might not have given us one or two things, but in return, He's given us thousands and thousands and millions and billions of things. And Allah says, do they still not want to be grateful to us? Allah says, وَمَنْ أَظَلَمُ مِمَّنِ افْتَرَى عَلَى اللَّهِ كَذِيبًا And who does more wrong than he who invents a lie against Allah or denies the truth? Allahu Akbar. When the truth comes to him, he denies it or he invents a lie against Allah. Allah says, أَلَيْسَ فِي جَهَنَّمَ مَثْوَلْ لِلْكَافِرِينَ is there not a dwelling in hellfire for the disbelievers? Those who disbelieve in the oneness of Allah and in the messenger Muhammad Is there not a dwelling in hellfire for them? Allah says, and as for those who strive and struggle in our cause, 
we will indeed open the doors of guidance for them. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمَعَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And Allah is definitely with those who do good. You do good, you remember Allah is with you. And at the same time you need to know, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا Some of the Mufassirin have made mention of something interesting. They say, those who struggle and strive to gain, to gain closeness to us, we will open the doors of guidance for them. Those who struggle and strive to be sincere, we will open the doors of guidance for them. Those who struggle and strive to look for the path, we will show them the path. Those who struggle and strive through repentance, we will open the doors of sincerity for them. So these are several interpretations of the same verse. We ask Allah to make us from those who struggle and strive to search for the truth wherever it may be and to protect ourselves from the evil wherever it may be. For indeed Allah knows and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is definitely with those who do good. May Allah bless us all and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayki.